Okay, let's start again um, the Mishnah. We're going to do it again uh, just because it's going to be all about the Mishnah tonight. So Mishnah on the bottom of 89b. Clean out wood on Shabbos. The amount of wood that you're going to be liable for carrying would be the amount of wood that's necessary to light the fire underneath a egg, the easiest type of egg to a scrambled egg in a um, in a pan, right? You know, now what we said earlier, what type of egg is that? That's a chicken. When mitzarifin is that and they and you could be mitzarif mitzvalin kedei latavol beikala. And then we said that's for wood. Then it comes to the spices, the amount of spices that you need to spice up. Now those spices will all mix up together to be the specific measure. In other words, even though you only brought out a little bit of, of salt and a little bit of pepper together, they're going to mix up together to be the, the measure that's uh, you know requisite for, for being liable. Clipe guys and Let's say the shells of nuts, the shells of pomegranates. Is this upua? Is this upua are two different types of dyes? These four items amount that you need to dye a small baguette. Right? Is, is the thing that the lady on top of the lady's uh, turban, she wears this little um, handkerchief. These are all different types of, of laundry items. So these items, the amount that you're going to be liable for carrying on the Shabbos, is baguette is the amount that is necessary to to launder these very small items of the that says rather the measure of this is not the amount for doing um, dyeing purposes or for now for cleaning purposes of a specific garment rather it's less than that it's for the amount to pass over the kasem the blood stain to clean the blood stain off of the garment Hanina Chada Zimna learned already previously before this already learned he said that when it comes to carrying out a read on Shabbos, we had a Mishnah previously that says the amount of space, the amount of size that the read has to be to be liable, is the amount of that of the read that would be able to make a quill for writing purposes. If it was either thick or already chopped up, but if it's um, if it is um. If it's broken or um, or very thick, then we said the amount that you would have to be that you'd be liable for carrying out on Shabbos would be the amount that it takes to actually make a fire underneath a very small egg that's already scrambled in pan. So we see that's already considered to be a chashav, a significant measure for other types of products, the amount that you need for making a fire. So what what why are you telling me over here that is again the amount that you how the team what might I have? Over there, when it comes to the reed, there's nothing else that the reed is good for. So the only thing that a reed could possibly do is to serve as a, a heat source you know, for flames. But eitzim wood that you could also use it for the the tooth of a key, right? the part that gets sticks into the place where the where the key is. So that's a very small thing, and that's very significant. So wood, even at a very small measure, is more significant than a reed. If you look also. There, I might have thought that even a tiny bit of wood, you're already liable for carrying out. Kamashmalan and our Mishnah, not like that. And this is really based on what we said earlier, that if you, the primary measure of an item, the primary use of, usage of an item is a larger measure, then that's what we're going to go with. Even though there is a secondary usage that's actually smaller, still we're going to be lenient and say that you're not liable until you take out what the primary measure is. The primary usage the primary usage for wood is as a fire, not primary use for making keys. We said that when it comes to spices, how much spice do you take out? 
the amount of spice to spice this uh, this small egg. So a minute, and ask the contradiction. Say when it comes to tefillin, you can have three, or you can have two, or three different types of spices from one category, or three different species total of spices, asurin, umastarfin, zamza. And still, they're going to be mixed up together, and uh, you know they will they will combine for the sake of for the sake of uh, you know whatever that isser might be, whatever the prohibition might be that you're dealing with. But they're going to be combining from different spices. The different types of spices will combine. So umesav and zamzav. Amar Chizkiyah. Chizkiyah explains. Emine metika shanu. Chizkiyah explains over there that the reason why they combine together is because we're talking about different types of spices, but they all have a similar purpose. They have a similar purpose of making the food sweet or making it taste. So why? Because they have the ability to make the kedera the pot taste better, the food taste better. So time of the chazu lamatika sekedera. So it sounds like Chizkiyah is saying that why are why can they combine? They have the ability to be combined to um because they they both have a similar purpose even though they're different types but they have a similar purpose they both have the ability to make the the pot taste better. Implication is that if you if these foods would not be able to be combined for the sake of uh, the same purpose then they would not be combined for whatever halachic reasoning we're concerned for. So why over here do we say that when you Take spices, even if each one by itself is not the, the requisite measure, but combined with the other spices, it is the requisite measure, it does combine. Why does that combine? It shouldn't combine. The answer is, um, the reason why it combines is because it has the, the all these items have the same the same uh, purpose, which is to make the, the food taste better. These items are all, the question of these dyes, it's the amount that is necessary to dye a small garment. Remini, I'll ask a contradiction. It says that if you're taking out dyes that are already, you're taking out dyes that have already been um, reconstituted dye, so then the measure of taking out a dye is a very small amount. It's the amount that you need to make a sample for the, the weaver. So Amar of Nachman, Amar Rabba Barabu, It's very simple. If you already have the dye and it's already constituted, then the amount that you're going to be liable for is a very, very small measure. It's just the amount that you that somebody would use the you know a tiny little sampler that's already in there. But if you're trying to figure out how much raw material you're going to be liable for taking out when you have not yet boiled it and turn it into the dye, then it's going to be a larger measure. Like we said the same thing earlier. And until you take out a decent amount, if it's actually something that was not yet constituted, nobody's going to spend the time to, you know, to put up their boiler and whatever else they have to do unless they're going to be making a significant amount of dye. So it's a larger measure than the amount of when it's already pre-constituted dye, how much can be liable to take out. Um, okay, Meiraglai, we said that the urine is one of the laundry uh, items, right? Because it has ammonia in it. The Abraisa says that this idea that miraglayim, that urine is going to be liable for trying it out, is only true up to 40 days. I guess at 40 days, the, the acidity probably is has gone down enough that it will no longer be able to serve its purpose of um, of, um, uh, of laundry. Nesser. Tana Nesser, Alexandris, Beloy Nesser, and Pantherin. So Nesser, which is some sort of material that they would use for um, for laundry, but only the Nesser of Alexandris is going to be liable for this measure. But if it's the antamperin, then it would have to be a larger measure. Boiris, what's boiris? Amar of you, the zechal. 
Yudah says this is talking about sand. Tanya, we learned in a Raisa. They put them together. They, in other words, they, 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 um, the Raisa lists them separately. It says there is Bairis and there's also Chal. So apparently it's not sand. Elamai Bairis, so what is Bairis? Kibrisa. So Bairis is really Kibrisa. So what's Kibrisa? Kibrisa is Gafrit, right? It is on pitch, right? So Rashi says. So Mace, we're asking a question. In land, Ha chal bitzen, vahal inun, vahal bayris, vahal oil. Visa gadaitach kevrisa, kevrisa mi isa vishpayas, shriya. So over there, what we're talking about is different things that have different um, qualities, different um, uh, characteristics when it comes to shviyas, when it comes to shmit the year. And we list, um, we list uh, bayris as part of that category. Now, if it was indeed uh, this, this pitch, right, uh, not pitch, but um, uh, sulfur, right? Then it wouldn't have the same. It wouldn't have the same issue because it wouldn't be an issue on shvius. Why? How do we know that? Is there any din of sulfur on on shvius on on Anything that has a, a substance also has the shmita year. If it does not have a substance in the shvius, does not have shmita year. Elamai virus. So what is virus? We're left with the question again. Ahala. Ahala is aloe. But Tanya by Bayris Ahala, the Bryces put them separately. Is that that um, Bayris is and Ahala is another thing. Trey Gabni Ahala, there's two different types of Ahala, two different types of Ahala that we're talking about. Himolia, Amr of Yehuda, Shaloif Dites. Rabbi Yehuda says it's Shaloif Dites. Ashlag, Amr Shmuel, Shaltinu, Chol, Nechayseyama, Paramali, Tanuna, Shemei. Takach, Benukva, de Marganisa, Umachile, Berinza, de Parzala. So there's a very interesting thing. He, he asked the people who go down to the what exactly is this material made out of? And they said you find it at the at the opening of the of a pearl, right? and you could take it out. Rimsa de Parzlo, some sort of a utensil that you would be able to take out this this uh, chemical that was part of the pearl, and that would actually be used for laundry. Earl, I'm figuring you know what this is talking about. I know. Do I know pearl? I don't know. It's the kind of thing that you know, like exactly the pearl making process. I didn't. What was that? No, I mean I didn't know pearls had holes and still use drills in actually. I'm guessing it probably it probably means while it's still attached to the to the shell, there's oh. probably some sort of chemical in there. I'm guessing. I don't know. Is it attached to the shell or it's just completely in the in the actual meat? It's in the shell. Right? Well what happens is that the, the oyster gets irritated by sand and it grows a protective coating around the sand to prevent the irritation. And that protective coating hardens into what we call a pearl. That's where it comes. Mm -hmm. So in order to make pearls, they have to, they have to um, talk the oysters chinic, so to speak, by putting something in there. To mark, my, mark, mark my words, 20 years from now, it's going to be um, considered barbaric to do that to the, to the clams, and we're not going to be doing that anymore. Well, it's an oyster, but whatever. <laughs> you know, oyster, the clams, the clams, clams, mussels, it's, it's, so yeah. all us are to eat. That's what we know. Right. Okay. Um, next Mishnah. Well, palace kolshehu. When it comes to taking out pepper, even a tiny bit. The itran kolshehu. It's taking out tar, even a tiny bit. Mine basamu mine matchus. When it comes to taking out spices, or comes to taking out um, um matchus, which is metal, kolshehin, anything at all. Me avniyam isbeach, me afaham isbeach. If you're taking something out of the stones of the isbeach of the altar or of the earth of the altar, mekach svarim umekach mitpuchesayim. You're talking about taking out um, a mecca, which is the when the certain types of uh, like flies or worms when they get into the 
into the surroundings of the of a manuscript, right, or the or the wrappings of the manuscript, they start messing it up. Any, the measure is going to be the amount that you would actually put aside for storage, right? If it's too small that you wouldn't even put aside for storage, then you're not going to be liable for carrying it out. But if it's big enough that you would put it aside for storage, like, because you're, you're supposed to treat these holy books with uh, a lot of reverence. So if it's big enough that you would put it aside for storage, then you are going to be liable for carrying it out. And so to anybody who brings out something that is... Put what aside for storage? The from, the, from the cleaning out the sefer? From what? The schmutz from cleaning out the sefer? What, what, what are you talking about? Well, it's not the schmutz from cleaning out the sefer. It's more like the, the, the fragments that the, that of, that's left over from the sefer after the worm or whatever animal it is uh, gets through with doing whatever it's doing to the sefer. Oh, okay. Uh, says, even if you're taking out the things that serve the Avedizara, Koshu, even a tiny bit. It says, it says there should not be anything at all left in your hands from that which should have been completely uh, you know, abolished or excommunicated, as it were. So, since the Avedizara, you can have no use from it at all, therefore, the appropriate thing to do would be to completely get rid of it. Since you have to get rid of it, then um, then we see that even a tiny bit has some significance. You have to get rid of it. Start with Gemara. Papeles kolshu. If you're talking about pepper, it's even a tiny amount. The mayhazi, what's a tiny amount of pepper good for? The reachapet, for bad breath. Pepper in your mouth and you chew it and your breath will taste better, apparently. Don't tell that the people who are getting um, sprayed, pepper spray. I don't think their mouth tastes better. Itron kolshu. The matar, even a tiny bit. The mayhazia, le silchasa. Silchasa is keev chatsia reish, Rashi says. It's when you have a headache. For some reason, they would do something with this tar and that would help with the, um, the headache. You're taking out different species of spices, of spices, and even a tiny bit. So the Bryce says like this: if you if you're taking out something which does not smell good, even a tiny bit, something which does not a, a good oil, even a tiny bit, taking out a little bit of argamon, which is the fancy uh, wool, and even a tiny bit. And if you have a a uh, one one uh, one rose stem, I think, or perhaps one rose petal, and even just one is already enough. All of these things are things that are used for um, for smelling purposes. Anything made out of metal, even a tiny bit. So what do you do with a tiny bit of metal? Does even have a tiny bit of metal? You know what you can do with it? You can make one nail, a very small nail. Excuse me, sorry. If somebody says, I'm going to bring barzel, I'm going to bring a little bit of iron as an offering to Hashem, right? Not that the iron itself will be an offering, but that you're dedicating the, the iron for Hashem. So you can't give less than an ama by ama. What's it good for? We learn about the base of Mikdash. And on the base of Mikdash, there were these things that were standing up, uh, jutting out of the, the, the walls of the Beis HaMikdash so that the birds would not find a place to hang out there. So these like little, um, I don't know what you would call them, like hooks or something of that nature, uh, spears, I guess, little little spears that were standing up so that birds wouldn't end up hanging out on the walls. It wouldn't, it's not appropriate for birds to be hanging out on the walls. So how much metal to take out? Enough metal to, to make the Klias Erev. How much metal is that? That's an Amma by an Amma. 
Another way to say this uh, statement is like this. First of all, you should know that if you're saying, if you're going to say you're taking iron, you can't bring less than the amount that's necessarily clear. Say and how much is clear? Says how much is that? That's one by one ama. So it's just really flipping the order of the brisa around, but it's coming out at the same point. The question just is which was first. Which was first. Um, the chayshes If you say you're going to bring the chayshes, how much you have to bring? Don't take less than the measure of what's considered to be a ma, which is a value of kasa. Tanya, says, He says, if, you're, if you say that you're going to bring the um, copper to the base of Mikdash, you can't bring less than a, uh, a little copper, um, like some sort of implement, a little copper implement. But my father, what are you going to do with this little piece of copper that's you know, some sort of hook of something of that nature? Because you would remove with it the, the wicks that were left over. And you clean out the, the candles. Okay? So that's something that you could do with even a tiny piece of copper that can actually have a use. The leftovers of the sperm and the leftovers of the, the wrappings. Which is the type of animal that is taken, you know, uh, that eats the books, basically. The tachach of the shiroi, the tachach of silk that goes through the silk, the ila, the envy, and this other type of worm that is found in grapes, upad and this other type of animal that's found in uh, dates, the remaining, this other type of thing that's found in remaining, kulu sakanta. These are all a sakana. They are all a danger if you eat them. The student who was sitting in front of Raviyacha, eating a date, because I think there's there's thorns in this uh, date. So he says basically, oh, you know what? He thinks he's eating thorns, but I hate to break it to you, but really what you're eating is not thorns. Really, it's this type of, of a bug or worm, whatever it is that's in there, and that is going to actually cause you to die, right? So the only thing worse than, than about to bite into an apple that has a worm into it is realizing you already ate half of the apple with a worm in it, right? Um, Wayne, as I meant to ask you before I forget, are they having a minion tomorrow in, in Chabad? Are you guys also opening up tomorrow or are you already open? Well, I'm sorry. Are they open or are they going to open? Yeah, are you, are yeah. you following Santa Clara? You're, you're on your own path? Like, have you guys been open for religious services already? No, not sure. And are they opening tomorrow or not yet? There hasn't been an email out yet. You're the second one to ask me today already. Yeah, because, yeah. because it, it, Santa Clara said that we could open up tomorrow already. They said we could open up, but uh, Rabbi Yossi told me weeks ago he was going to wait. And, it all, you know, I think they're, they're dominating outside in a lot of places. I, you know, um, Adam uh, Engla, no, you, know, the, you know, the headmaster from Warwick. Okay. But anyway, he uh, he said that Jacob and Oakland, they're dominating outside. And I guess you got to have so much space in between, and our building's not big enough. Oh, I got you. Is, is Devin Brocha opening? They're not opening yet. I think is that they're an OU congregation, and the OU basically made a statement about how... Um, uh, no opening until two weeks after the, the, the district says you could open. Right, that's what uh, Rabbi Marcus said two weeks after, as long as he has everything under control. 
Right. right. But you could you gotta have a minion that's under sixty also. It, you, would that would that be difficult for you guys? Uh, Joey was counting it up and he said if it's sixty five we're good. Sixty he's not sure about. Right. I think it is sixty five no. though. I think it is sixty five. You know, talk about the age of the people involved. Yeah, yeah but, uh, you know, it takes me out, takes Ron out, takes a lot of guys, you know, that uh, Dave Porsche takes out, um, you know, so then all, you know, we have about six or eight, it's close, it, we, may, we need everybody who shows up to show up, and then Rabbi Marcus said, well, maybe we'll just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start from the laning, you know, we're taking out the safer Torah, so we put the safer Torah back in, and, you know, little 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 bit at a time right right now yeah, that does make sense you know the the less time you're together the less exposure you have really and especially if you guys really can't go outside then it is more dangerous yeah yeah so now, realistically most people don't have it here like very 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 few people have it here so you never yeah, it, same thing here you know we, it's not a big um uh a lot of people never didn't have any you know no symptoms no no, no, nothing. So I don't know. It's uh, listen. One more week, we can wait. Right. right. No, let's not push it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're totally right. Okay. Next Mishnah. Hamaytzi kupas harechlin. If someone takes out a kupas harechlin, a box of the rechel, a rechel is a peddler, right? It says lotelech rachel be'amecha. Do not be a peddler amongst my people, right? That's the the verse that says don't speak lashon hara. So. Then you take out the box that the peddler has. He carries out this box, you know, it's attached to his body. He has his box and he's walking around and he's offering everybody for sale, this for sale, that for sale. Even though this box has many different types of items in it, right? It's, it's one box, but it's got a lot of items in it. You're only going to be liable to bring one chatas. Why is that? It's pretty obvious, really, right? Because you might think, oh, you're taking out many different types of items. Yeah, but it's one box that contains all the items. So it's not going to be, if I have a suitcase and in the suitcase there's 60 different pieces of luggage, right? 60 different pieces of uh, clothing that I have inside that suitcase. I'm not going to be liable for carrying 60 items out. I'm going to be liable for carrying one suitcase out, right? So two with a box of a peddler's items. If you're taking out the seeds for a garden, if you take out less than a dried fig's worth of seeds, he says not, not a little bit less than a, a gregus, but rather even just five seeds is already enough. Kishuin, if you're taking out the, the cucumber seeds, then zera um, kishuin shnayim, two of these, um, two two of these zera of cucumber seeds, zera um, diluyin, the gourd seeds shnayim, also two, zera polametsri shnayim, taking out um, the Egyptian bean seeds, then two, kagav chai tahor, if you're taking out a living a living grasshopper that is kosher, kosher then any bit at all is already going to be liable, even if it's a tiny, tiny chagav, way smaller than a gregoris. Mace, kagregoris, but if it's already dead, then only if you have a kagregoris, a fig's worth of these grasshoppers, will you be liable. Tsipiris karamim, you have these tsipiris karamim, which literally means a bird of the vineyard. However, we understand that in this case, it does not mean that. Really what it means is a, um, a some sort of a, another type of a locust that hangs out in the orchard, okay? So how much are you going to be liable for? Whether it's living, whether it's dead. This is something that they actually would use for refuah purposes. So if it's large enough that it would be used for refuah, it doesn't make a difference if it's living or dead. Even if you take out 
a living locust that is impure. Koshu, no matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, you're going to be liable. Koshu matzni and oisan. The cut in this like by any size as long as it is something that you would have be cut on plain with right they did not have clicks in those days they did not have all the toys that we have today so what did the kids play with well if a chicken's head and they would play with that right that was one thing that they played with in those days a little bit more violent and then the other thing that they played with is they would play with a locust right they'd have a jiminy cricket actually that's so, really interesting because uh in japan there's this whole tradition of like getting these large um, horned beetles and keeping them in cages and having them fight with each other. It's a very big, it's a very big thing. You go out and, I forget what they're called, but they're these very large beetles and you go out and catch them and keep them in cages at home. Maybe that's what they're talking about here. It sounds like Tzar Balachayim to me, so I hope um, Jews weren't doing that, but who knows. Remini. Let's ask a contradiction. Said that when it comes to taking out fertilizer, what's considered a, a significant amount of fertilizer, the amount that you're going to take out to even fertilize just one, just one uh, stalk of a leek, of a cabbage. say the amount that you need to to um to fertilize a leek. So over there, we see it's just even one stalk is already significant. But when it comes to taking out seeds, we said to take out five is significant. So once again, this is something that we learned earlier. And Amar Papa, had Zriya, had Zriya. One is the matter where it already has taken root. One is the matter where it has not yet taken root. Nobody goes and carries one seed outside for the purpose of planting. Once it's already growing, then it's already significant. Even though it's only one seed that started it, but now that's already growing, it's already significant. If you're taking out seeds of cucumbers, if you find pits, I'm sorry, not if you find, if you take out pits, if you're taking it out for the purposes of planting it, right, garinen are normally, I mean, it could really be anything. I think these garinen, yeah, these garinen, Rashi says, garinen tomorrow, are talking about date pits, right? So you have a date pit, you're going to take it out and you're going to be planting it, right? So if you're taking it out for the purpose of planting, then two. If you're taking it out, if you're taking it out for the purpose of eating it, then one that will, not not one, but the amount that will fill the mouth of a pig, how much is the amount that will fill the mouth of a pig? One. If you're taking it out for the purposes of, of using it for, um, you know, for kindling. And once again, it's the same measure. The amount that's going to be necessary to take to, uh, to cook a small egg on top of this fire. If you're taking it out to help you count, right? They did not have smartphones in those days. Taking it out for calculating purposes. And taking out two is already enough to help you count. No, two is not really going to help you count that well. If you take out five, it's going to help you count. We learned in If you take out two, two hairs from the tail of a horse or from the tail of a cow, then you're going to be liable. Because you would use it for the sake of nishpin, for the sake of uh, trapping things. Miksha shel chazir achas. If you have a, a miksha of a chazir, what is a miksha of chazir? Nimen kashin shemeshidra shel chazir. If you take out a like the bristle of a of a chazir, right? That you know is even useful. Even just that one is going to be useful, right? And a chazir is not the 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 um the bristle of a chazir is not asher You know, it might not be something that it's so 
uh, you're not gonna find many Jews getting benefit from it, from cat from pigs, but it's not necessarily Achas Surei Amachas Surei Dekel Shtaim. If you have Surei Dekel like a palm, the 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 big the, the leaves of the palm, then Shtaim two of them. Surei Dekel Achas. The Surei Dekel even just one is gonna be liable for taking it out. Surei Dekel are the are the Tzuri Degalim, the Tzarim, Pelutim, Lassus, Salim, right? So the palm, the palm fronds that they would use to make baskets, then you need two. Tzuri Degal is dak in the Tzuri, it's very thin, and they would actually use it for the sake of like some sort of rope, perhaps, right? And since they use it for some sort of rope, even one is already considered significant. See, Peiraz Kramin, we said that when it comes to taking out this, uh, this locust that lives in the, in the uh, orchard, bein chaya bein mesakoshu, whether it's alive, whether it's dead, even a tiny bit. Might superis cromus, superis cromum, Amarab, Talia Biari, Amar Abaya, Mustakesh, Bintikla, De Chad Nevra. Says that what, this is something, it's this type of locust, and we find it in a Tikla, the Chad Nevra. The Abdullah lit Chuchma. Basically, what they would use this for, they would use it for the sake of making themselves wise. What would they do? Achale, the Palga, De Yemeni, they would eat half of the right side of this, of this locust. Upaga, the smaller and the left side of it, Rami La, they go saw the Nechesha, they would put it into some sort of tube of Nechesha's. The Chasim La, the Shisan Gushbanki, and they would cover it up with their seal, it was 60 different seals. The Tali La, the Ivra, the smaller, and they would hang it on their left side. The Siman Echle, Chachem Liamine, the heart of a wise man is to his right, the Lev Kasil, the heart of a fool is smiley, is to his left. And they would learn and learn and learn while they have this, uh, you know, this talisman on them. They buy the gummer and they would and they would finish. Come the buy the achale the idach palga. Then they would eat the other half. The yulei meaker tamudegas. They would not eat the other half. Then they would forget their learning. A little hard to understand how this helps, but it's definitely a kosher uh, locust. Review the imer. Af amaytzi v'chulav. Review says even if you take out a not kosher locust, if it's a um, if it's alive. He's still going to be liable if you take out a little bit because your children are going to play with take it. People take it out for the children to play with. Therefore, it's What does the Tanakama argue? What exactly is this not like? The Tanakama says no. Unless it's a kosher locust, you're not going to be liable for taking it out. My time, why? Dilma achale, because maybe the kid is going to eat it. If the concern is that the kid might come to eat it, and that's why he's saying you're not going to give a small locust to a kid to play with unless it's kosher, well, then you know what? Then even if it's a kosher, Locust, you still should not be liable for taking it out. Why? Because, I'm not, yeah, exactly. You're not going to be liable because you're not going to give it to your kid. Why? The Harav Kahana, Haveka and Kamei Rav. Kahana was sitting in front of Rav. Haveka Mevar, Sheshiva Apume. And he had a locust and he was like passing it in front of his mouth. Amrale said to him, Shakle, go take it away. We don't want people to say that you're eating this. These people would say that you're violating the prohibition of making yourself sick, right? So basically, here's the halacha. We're talking about a kosher locust. You're allowed to eat it. The concern is maybe you're eating it live. Okay, well, who cares if it's alive? There's no isra of Abraham and Achai. There's no isra of eating something that's alive when there's no din of shechita, right? There's only an isra to eat something that Abraham and Achai only applies to things that need shechita, right? So it doesn't apply to fish and it doesn't apply to... Um, to, to grasshoppers. So why is there an issue that maybe you, well, if you took out a live animal, a live locust for your kid, then maybe he'll end up eating it. Well, there should only be an issue if it's a trefa locust, but if it's a kosher locust, it should be okay to take it out even if it's live. The concern is that maybe he'll eat it, but it will violate this lab about the shakatsu, that you're eating something that is gross, right? 
basically foods that most people will get grossed out from, even if it's totally kosher, there's an issue called balsam shakasu that it seems like you're you're doing something which is gross. I'm not sure why this does not apply to pcha, but um, I'm not sure. Maybe one day it will start applying to pcha. Maybe now we're not quite there yet. So ella dilma So rather you have to say that maybe it would die and then he would eat it, right? So the concern is basically like this: that maybe if after the animal dies, he might come to eat it. Well, if that's true. So then, that's only a concern then if it's a not kosher locust. Because if it's a kosher locust, okay, fine. If it dies and he eats it, then, okay, there's nothing lost here. He's allowed to eat a not kosher locust. So the only concern is that perhaps it'll be a not kosher locust, right? And then after it dies, you might end up eating it. That would be a concern. So the Gemara says, what does Rabbi Yehuda hold? Why isn't Rabbi Yehuda concerned for that, right? So you could have answered a couple of answers. You could have said, maybe Rabbi Yehuda thinks it's not so likely. And the question is basically the level of likelihood that a kid will end up eating it is not so high. The question is, are we concerned for that or not? Rebuda says we're not. Anakama says we are. You could have answered something like that. The Gemara prefers not to give an answer like that unless it's absolutely necessary. So the Gemara says something very interesting. You know what kids do when a locust dies? Rebuda, imayis katan, misfit safed lay. If the locust dies, you know what the katan's going to do? He's not going to eat it. He's going to eulogize it. He's going to go out to his backyard and he's going to bury it. He's going to dig a hole in the ground and he's going to make a whole process out of it. He would never eat his, his dead locust that he was playing with. Rebuda says we're not concerned. He said we are concerned. So once again, you're, at the end of the day, you're going to say that the dispute between Rabbi Huda and Chamim was going to end up being, they're not having an argument how many kids end up eating a locust, how many kids end up mourning a locust, right? They probably both agree that this is the likelihood that a kid will eat it, and this is the likelihood that he won't eat it. The question is, is that significant enough to warrant that people will not take it out because they're concerned that he'll end up eating it if it's a not kosher locust, okay? Okay. If somebody is, is uh, storing something, Lazara, for the purposes of planting, for the purposes of uh, using as a dogma, as a, as a sample, for the sake of, uh, of uh, healing, then afterwards he takes it out on Shabbos. He's liable for even taking out a little bit. And nobody is going to be liable except for everybody else is only going to be liable if they take out the actual measure that the Chachamim said, but not anything less than that. But if they, if they went and then brought it back in, once again, they're only going to be liable if it's its actual measure. So basically, if you were Matzniya, for any measure at all, but for the sake of something significant, whether for the sake of planting, for the sake of using it as a sample, for the sake of, of, uh, of um, using it for healing, then you're going to be liable for carrying it out. But if you never stored it and never had any intent of using it for one of these things, then you're not going to be liable unless you take out the amount that everybody else is liable for carrying out. There's also something that we really delved into a little bit earlier. Why if to say that, that he first stored it? Just say, if he's taking it out, if he's taking something out of his house on Shabbos to the public domain for the sake of planting, for the sake of dogma, for the sake of a sample, for the sake of a lurafua, for the sake of, of healing, then he's liable for even a tiny bit. Why do you have to say that first he stored it and then he did this? That happens like this. He stored it away. And afterwards, he forgot that he stored it away. And then he went to take it outside. And then he, he walks outside with the item in his hand. He doesn't even remember why he did it, right? I'm saying we do this all the time, right? You're in the middle of doing something and you completely forget why you're doing that, right? So he's going outside with this item and he forgets why he's going outside with it. So he went outside with it without thinking. What might I have thought to say? But too late. I might have thought to say like this. Even though initially he stored it away, 
and therefore he's shown that it's significant to him. But when he went outside with it, he forgot why he went outside with it. So maybe he's not going to be liable. Maybe it won't be significant because he doesn't even remember why he's going outside with it. And you have to have milachas machshaves, right? We always say that it has to be something that is intentional and significant action. And therefore, if you don't have in mind to carry it out, why you're carrying it out, maybe you're not going to be liable. So to which the Gemara says, no, you are going to be liable for carrying it out in this case. Right? Why? Anytime somebody carries something out, they're taking it out based on their, they're doing any action, doing it based on their original thought process. The original thought process was to store this aside, thereby rendering it significant. Once they render it significant, they're going to be liable for carrying it outside, even though they've already forgotten why they initially wanted to take it outside. I'm going to view the Rameer. View this as Rameer. Rameer was held people liable, even for just carrying out one stalk for the sake of planting. Shita, it should be obvious. We said any amount at all in the Mishnah. What might I have thought to say? I might have thought to say that when it says Koshu, it didn't mean to say you're going to be liable even for just taking out any amount at all. It meant you're liable for even things which are less than a Gregorius, the dry fig, but it still has to be somewhat significant. Therefore, we said Koshu, anything at all, even a tiny bit. Um, but maybe you still would need, up until now, you might have thought to say that as long as there it could be less than a, a dry fig, but it still has to be at least an olive's worth. And that it doesn't even have to be that. Let's say somebody has in mind to take out his entire house, he's planning on moving. He wants to get all his house, he's moving. Is that to say that he's not going to be liable until he takes out his entire house? Right? In other words, just because your intention was to take out more, how does that then redefine that you're not going to be liable unless you take out that significant amount? How far are we going to go with that? Our answer is if there's something that everybody considers significant at a smaller measure, then there's no such thing. Then you're not going to be liable. Even then, then the fact that you wanted to take out more is not going to change the status that you actually took out a significant amount. But if it's something that most people don't take out this measure, you had in mind that you want to take out that measure, then that could redefine it, right? And therefore, it will only be redefined the entire time that you actually had in mind to do that. Okay. The Mishnah says that each person is only going to be liable for doing this if he takes out the requisite measure. And it's only the person who actually stored it that's going to be liable at an earlier stage, even when it's a, a less significant measure. But for your typical person, until it, until we reach the specific measure that the sages told us is significant, it's not relevant to us. Once again, we learned this earlier too. The Tanya we learned in Rabbi says a cloud, a principle. Anything that is not normally appropriate to be storing, and people do not store something like this. Reb Shimon Elazar taught us earlier, we learned from this price earlier, Reb Shimon Elazar argues on this opinion in the Mishnah, and he says that as long as one person rendered it significant by dint of storing it for later, then it becomes significant for everybody. So if Earl decides this is significant, this measure of uh, mushrooms are significant, well, for Earl, mushrooms are very, very valuable. So they're significant even at a very small measure. But for Wayne, generally speaking, they're only significant if you had a whole mushroom, but not a very small mushroom. I'm not talking about anything uh, onward. I'm talking about actual mushrooms right now. So, but Earl, 
then once Earl made it significant for himself, then even Wayne is going to be liable for carrying out according to Shem ben Elazar. Whereas according to our Mishnah, it's not going to be true. Unless you're the actual person who made it significant by storing it, you're not going to be liable for carrying it out if it's, too, if it's smaller than the normal measure. Okay. Um, okay. Amar Amar Nachman. That was his name, Amar Nachman. Fascinating question. Okay, listen. There's a, like a, a real lambdish, question over here. So Rava says in the name of Rav Nachman. Let's say you take out a kigregor's worth of food and you're intending to eat it. And then you later on decided once you were already outside, you already did. You did the akira. You lifted it up in the private domain. You went outside into the public domain before you did the hanacha. You decided to plant it instead of eating it. Or initially you planned on planting it. And then you changed your mind and decided to eat it. If you're liable, Shita. The Gemara says this is not a chiddush. This is pretty obvious. Even a even a guy can tell you this is true, right? Why doesn't doesn't somebody who's planning on planting a seed on Shabbos got more problems than just slepping something? I mean, I can understand being confused about not knowing how much you can slep or not slep, but doesn't everybody know that you can't plant things on Shabbos? So I, I don't think we're talking about a case where he's necessarily going to plant on Shabbos. The question is, when he's bringing it outside, bringing it outside, he wants it outside for a specific purpose. He might want it outside because he wants to plant on Shabbos. He might want it outside. He might want then it outside for something else. He might want to plant it later. He want, might want to plant it after Shabbos. But what was his purpose in bringing it outside? Mm-hmm. So. So okay, fine. So the Gemara says that's obvious. That he's going to be liable. It, when he brought, when he picked it up, he did the akira. It was already enough, a significant amount. And when he did the hanacha, it was also significant. So why wouldn't he be liable for bringing it up, for doing the akira and the hanacha when both times it was a significant measure? You might have thought to say that you need the lifting it up and the placing it down. Both have to be in one state of mind. And therefore, you're not liable unless you had one state of mind. What would be the state of mind? That you intended to use it in the same way, both at the beginning and at the end. And you don't have that. Therefore, therefore um, that's what Rava says. No, no, you're still liable, right? And just to, just to delve into that a tiny bit. Let's say you took something out with the intention of eating it yourself, and then in the end, you decided to give it to someone else to eat, right? That would be obvious that that's the same machshava. That's the same thought process. You don't need to say, did you bring it out with the intent to eat it in one bite or to eat it in two bites? That's obviously also the same machshava. But to talk about taking something out with the intent of planting as opposed to the intent of eating, that's already a little bit different, and that's not going to be... Um, that, that in theory might, might be different, and you might have thought that you're not going to be liable, and therefore, Rabba needed to say that you're still liable. Um, now this case gets a little more interesting. You take out half a gregor's, half a dried fig's worth for zria for the purposes of planting. Now, if this for the purpose of planting, you don't have to have a a whole dried fig's worth. Even less than that's already enough. And then it got less, and and then you decided to eat it. Mahu, what's the halacha? If you say in the first case the reason why you're liable is ill. Over there, in both scenarios, whether you're doing the Akira for the purposes of Zria, or you're doing the Hanacha for the purposes of Zria, or vice versa, right? In both cases, whatever is happening at the Zria, it has the right measure, and at the, I'm sorry, at the Akira, it has the right measure, and at the Hanacha, it has the right measure. So nothing's going to change. Over here, it's a little different. Why? 
זה לא הכי קשיר. אחר כיוון דבעינא דאפקין, לא יהווה בישיר אכילה ולא מחייב. אידלמא כיוון אילו אשתק ולא יחשב עליה מחייב. המחשבה דזריה. השתנה ממחייב. Question is like this. The difference is that when you picked up this item when you were inside, right? And you picked up this item, it was only a chatsi gregoris. But you picked it up for the sake of planting, right? And when you take it up for the sake of planting, then it, the chatsi gregoris is ready enough to be liable. Then it's tipacha. Then it got expanded. And when it got expanded, by the time you brought it outside and decided to eat it, it was already a gregoris size. So if it's a gregoris size, you're going to be liable for caring for eating. If it's less than a gregoris size, you're only going to be liable for caring for planting and not for eating. Well, when you took it outside and you did your original Akira, you thought you were taking it out for planting. And when you're taking it out for planting, the Akira that was necessary was only a small amount that you had. When you take it out for the sake of eating, it had to be a larger amount. Well, when you changed your mind to eat it and did your Hanacha, well, then it already was a larger amount. What do we say? Do we say, well, since at each point along the way, the Akira was done with a, a requisite measure to be a significant measure, and the Anach was done with a significant measure. The fact that you changed your intention in the middle, why should that change the status of what you did? In both cases, you did the, the you had enough for whatever it is that you were intending at the Akira, whatever it is that you were intending at the Hanach. What do you guys say? What's up? You checked it out already earlier today, Wayne? No, I didn't. I've been busy. I had to work all day. Gotcha. Well, wait a second. If the if the if the issue here is the intent, then if he changed his mind in the middle, then he didn't complete the picking up and putting down. Right? What was that? Is the issue the intent here or just simply the measure of what he's carrying? Well, so it's it kind of both, right? Because if your intention when carrying out the, the, the seeds are for the sake of eating, then we know how much you need to carry out. You need to carry out a gregorus. But if your, issue, if your intention is to carry out the seeds for the purpose of planting, you don't have to carry out that much. If you're, plan, if you're planning on planting, then it becomes significant at a lower, a lower uh, number, right? The threshold for planting right. is lower to be significant. So, but the thing over here is very interesting because when you took it out, you were intending to plant and it had the requisite measure to be significant for planting. And when you put it down outside, you were planning on eating it, but guess what? It actually expanded in the interim and it actually was now large enough that it would be significant for eating. So what do we say? Do we say, ultimately, the initial picking up was significant? Well, it was for the intent of planting, but it was still significant. And then the, uh, the, um, the culmination of putting it down was also significant. Well, it was significant in a different sense, but do we say it works or not, right? So it's, it's a very, it's like, Literally, what we would normally look at as a minchas chinuch type of question, right? Minchas chinuch is the famous commentator on the side of the chinuch, um, Rabbi uh, Babad, I forget his first name now, from Poland in the late 1800s. And he has all these famous chakiras. Chakira is when you have, you have two different sides of a, of a question, right? You, you know something is true, or in this case, you don't know if something is true, and you're trying to figure out what's more significant. It's like a, a classic, classic thought experiment. Is it the, the cheer that's holding up is it the, the seat that's holding up the chair or is it the legs that's holding up the chair? Is it the ground that's holding up the chair, right? That's a little bit of a ridiculous one, but that's the concept. So what the Gemara is asking over here is what's significant when it comes to defining what's the specific measure that's necessary to be called significant? Is what's significant that at each time, each, each point in time, it is significant vis-a-vis -vis the specific thing that you're taking it out for? Or is that not enough? It has to be that it was significant for whatever it is that you're going to take out when the later measure. In other words, at the end, you decided you want to take it out for eating. Well, if your initial picking up would not have been significant enough for eating, then maybe that's not enough. 
right? Let's let's talk about that to make it a little bit easier. Let's say we talk wouldn't about. It, wouldn't it matter when you changed your mind what size it was? Yeah, Not, yeah, it would. Right. I think that's legitimate. It would matter to some extent, but remember, when it comes to that kira and not when it comes to the of liability over here to bring a chathas, we're always going to be defining it as two different things have to happen. You have to do an akira in the private domain, lifting it up off the ground in the private domain. You have to do a hanacha in the public domain, and it has to change domains. So those are the only two things that really have to happen. So as long as you changed your mind before you placed it down, then that's it. Now, if you never would have changed your mind at all, and you always were planning on Zariah, what would be the halacha? Of course you're liable. It just got larger. It didn't get small. If you were always planning on Achila, you would have been putter. Because when you initially picked it up, it wasn't significant vis-a-vis Achila. Because it was less than egregious. It's not significant. But now what we're doing is we're, we're hitting both sides at the same time. A fascinating question. So, so let's see what the Gemara says. Um, Mahu, what's the halacha? If you want to compare it to the case of the original case that Rava talked about, well, in that case, both times it actually had the requisite measure. It does not have the amount to be liable for eating. You're not going to be liable. Rather, maybe we should say, since if you would have been quiet and you wouldn't have thought about what you're doing at all, if you want to change your mind, you would have been liable for carrying it out. Why? Because you planned on you you carried it out with the sake of um of planting, and therefore you'd be liable even later. Then so too even later when you carry it out, you should be liable. If you if you want to say, since if you would have if you would have been quiet and you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have uh, thought about it at all, you would have been liable for the intention of planting. Then you should be liable, then, and then you should be liable over here, because since you picked it up initially with the intent of planting, and if you never would have changed your mind, you would have been liable. The fact that you changed your mind to go to thinking about a case of plant of eating, well, okay, great. When you actually changed your mind to a case of eating, it actually was still significant for that too, because it had expanded in the interim. So what should be different then? So the Gemara says, okay, fine. If that would be true, let's say you take out one dried fig's worth for the sake. Bitsimka, and then it started contracting when you were carrying it outside. Over here, if you wouldn't have changed your mind at all, you wouldn't be liable. Because when you did the Hanacha, when you put it down, you would have been thinking, I want to eat it. And when you did the Hanacha, it would no longer have been significant. So, of course, you would not have been liable for putting it down. Or do we say, Or do we say, Go after exactly what it is right now. And since now you've changed your mind to actually plant it. And since now it's gone down in, in measure, but that's still significant for planting, maybe you're still liable. Um, maybe you'll come to tell me. Go after the now, and that should be our defining moment. And you should be liable. Let's say you're taking out a dried fig's worth for eating purposes. It's simka. And it... Um, it, it contracted, the chazra v'tivcha, and then after it contracted, it then ended up becoming larger again. Mahu, what's halacha? Do we say that once it went to less than a less than a gregorist, it completely loses its liability, or do we say not? Do we say this by Shabbos or not? The answer is teku. We're left with the question, and as we know, whenever we have a teku, we go, we call it a suffix. It, what we're supposed to do in halacha is a suffix. We're not sure what to do. So if it's a suffix and it's a deraisa question, you're going to be 
have to be machmer, you have to be stringent. So if someone has this specific question on Shabbos, they're definitely going to have to be stringent because it's a take. Okay, let's do a little bit further. Let's say someone throws a kazayas worth of truma into a into a uh, impure house. What's the halacha? What's the question that he's asking? He asks this question in a vacuum. We don't know what he's asking. Is it related to Shabbos? Is it related to truma? What's going on here? If you want to know what's considered you know, significant when it comes to throwing something on Shabbos, it's going to have to be a kagregus, a dried fig's worth. And throwing something that's only kazais is not significant. If it's for a question of tumma, then um, one second. Shabbos you can go into Eka Pachas Mikabeya. Skip the line. E Lenyan Shabbos Kigregus Minan. E Lenyan Tuma Kabeya Eichelin Vinan. If it's for Tuma questions, then you always need the size of an egg's worth of food. Loyalam Lenyan Shabbos. Rather, it's coming for Shabbos questions. You can go into Eka Pachas Mikabeya. And because you, it was the case is like this there was already half of, or part of a uh, egg size worth of food in the house. And when you threw this um, this olive's worth of a of a truma into the house, it ended up combining and, and making one full beya, one full egg's worth of truma in this tuma house. Right? To speak this out, right? An olive is half the size of an egg. So my from the fact that it can be mitzvah, for the fact that it combines for tuma purposes, then it's going to make you liable for bringing together one one um one beya's, one egg's worth of, of truma that is now all going to become tame, which is forbidden. So therefore, nami linyan Shabbos, maybe even for Shabbos, it's going to be considered significant, even though it's not a kigregris, it's only a kebeya. But maybe since it's significant for tuma, it also gets significance for Shabbos. Or do we say, or do we say, anytime you're trying to define something for Shabbos purposes, it does not become significant until it reaches a kigregris. Right? So just to speak this out, this is something that we find elsewhere, right? We find it in, um, in sukkah. Right, a similar idea where if something is significant for one thing for one element, it can also become significant for the other element. In sukkah, in Shabbos, right, we say that on there are certain leniencies about Erevin that on since it's if it's Shabbos sukkahs where the Erevin question would also be a wall for the purposes of making a sukkah, it's also significant for Erevin, right? And and so to the other way around, right? So sometimes you see that once something garners significance in halachic terms for one question, it can also then expand to other questions, it will be significant in halacha as well. So the question is, do we say that when it's significant for Tumah, it also will then become significant for the purposes of carrying on Shabbos or not? That's the question that they're asking. 